From the broadcast booth to a courtside seat to the post-game locker room, nobody's closer to the action than our guys. It's Chris, JD, and Mike here inside the Press Box. Glad to have you with us on great radio stations around the state, including our friend at Mobile Sports Talk 99.5. And across the bay, that's WHEP AM 1310, 92.5 FM, the talk of Baldwin. Mike Grace inside the break lineup studios with my partner, J.D. Byers, voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. We are efforting our friend Taylor Zarzer of SiriusXM's PGA Tour Radio. He was there for the U.S. Open all weekend long at the Country Club of Boston, also known as Brookline, to watch Matt Fitzpatrick win his first PGA Tour event, first major, and did so over Will Zalatoris. So, uh, I'll tell you what, he is ready for us. I can try him back again here uh, if you can help me kill a moment there, Mr. Byers. Absolutely, Matt Fitzpatrick. He won 500 k more than the Masters winner, so he takes home a cool. Well, he doesn't take it home. The IRS is going to hit him. And hard, $3.15 million out of a $17.5 million prize pool. That's way up. Uh, and, of course, Will Zalatoris gets his third, second-place finish in a major. That guy's on fire. It's just a matter of finally taking home a trophy. That's his third, second-place in a major, not just tournaments. So I think uh, a lot of upside for him as well. Bring him in if you'd like, sir. Our guest is ready. Yeah, I'm in Mobile, which happens to be the hometown of Taylor Zarzer. Hey, welcome into the program, sir. I'm always glad to be on. Now, do you do you come across work with? I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but do you work with Tom Stipe, or is that somebody else completely? The uh, engineer for the Crimson Tide broadcast. I know he does a lot of the U.S. Open uh, Masters on radio, et cetera. Maybe that's a t- totally different platform. Yeah, no, I've, I've worked with Tom before, but no, not for uh, the U.S. Open or the, the Masters or the PGA on Sirius XM. Uh, we. We have an incredible team, and we have an engineer named Daryl Doss that keeps us uh, in line and does an amazing job. But I know who Tom is. Uh, Tom's a, Tom's definitely a legend down in, in Alabama. Grayson Murray, I know we've got headlines. It's some great golf that was played, and Will Zalatoris <laughs> oh, comes up an inch. How about Grayson Murray? Did he like the rest of us? <laughs> Unreal, man. That guy, uh, that, was, that was not a good look. You know, I know he's – He's uh, faced some demons we all have, um, and his maybe are a little more public than others. But uh, that's uh, – I mean, look, the U.S. Open stuff, and I think anybody would be frustrated probably would say do some things they, they wouldn't uh, necessarily be proud of, but he takes it to a new level. I mean, I, I just – I don't know. I, it's, it's just disappointing that he acts out like that time and time again. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly something that, that most of us weekend golfers can relate to, but at that level, it's just something you don't see and you, you, you prefer not to see. Agreed? Mike, when's the last time you threw a club 100 yeah. yards yeah. and also broke one over your knee in the yeah. same round? Yeah, man. Yeah, I learned long ago. Get wet. That didn't help. That that wasn't going to help. So yeah, so yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, let's talk about the guys at the top of the leaderboard and what a fantastic back nine with uh, Will Zalatoris and Matt Fitzpatrick just battling back and forth. You know, I had a couple of folks say, "Hey, man, these guys are boring. There, there's no personality. Nothing going on here." Forget that, man. They played great golf down the stretch and and put on a great act for uh, for audiences everywhere. Well, if somebody's saying that, they just don't like golf, and they should turn to something else, and that's fine. If they don't uh, like the sport, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, there's no reason to, to ridicule or criticize the, the game, and they're, and they're inaccurate, too, because uh, that was thrilling yesterday. That was this 
fun of a major championship finish as I've seen in, in quite some time. And I've, I've been to all of them but one in the last nine years. So I guess that's 35 majors, and that was that was right there at the very top, just with the, the leaderboard we had, the, how awesome the golf course was. Everybody raved about the design and, and the setup and, the, and, and what it gave us down the stretch. And to have Scheffler giving us you know, one group over so many great moments while you had Obviously, Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick playing almost what felt like a match play event that last nine holes was absolutely terrific. And, and yeah, those, those, those three guys you just said don't bring a tremendous amount of attention to themselves, which is one of many reasons why I admire each of them. Um, but, yeah, I, I get if, if, you know, if you're saying you really want some juice, you would want a Rory McIlroy or a Justin Thomas up there at the leaderboards like we had in the final of the RBC Canadian Open, but you can't manufacture that. You never know what golf's going to give us next, and that's what I love most about sports is it's so unpredictable. You see him on ESPN, the SEC Network, great play-by-play guy for a variety of sports. You hear him on Sirius XM, PGA Radio, and uh, you know he's done Masters Radio, et cetera, and uh, coming off the U.S. Open. Can you, will you, uh, hit some high points with us per LIV, the PGA, and the field that had committed to the LIV, at least the first event, and how they performed in the U.S. Open. Markably, Phil Mickelson, and I think the best out of that entire field was Dustin Johnson, but man, uh, some of those guys just didn't really pan out here in this major. Yeah, I mean, at least for the first event, uh, most of, almost all of the guys that competed in that are not going to be at the top of the game anymore in when it comes to major championship golf or the yeah. biggest events of the game. Dustin Johnson might be the exception to that, although since he's won the Masters, he has not won another tournament on American soil, and that was November of 2020. So we're going on, a what, over a year and a half since he's won a tournament in the United States, and he is by far the best of all of that bunch uh, that competed. Most of those guys that competed in that event are – 40-somethings, or in Phil Mickelson's case, a 50-something, whose best days are well past them. Uh, Now, what's about to happen could change that, because there are all sorts of reasons to believe that this week we're going to hear a bunch more players commit themselves to the Live Golf Series. We just had Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed commit to uh, the Live Series moving forward, and I would think that you're going to have some more players in the top 50 in the, first, in the official world golf rankings that are going to do the same. Uh, that is the big belief, at least here in Boston, is that we're going to have more announcements coming this week. I, I'll say this. I'm, I'm not here to judge anybody, uh, really. I, I don't think that that does a lot of good. We've had a lot of that yeah. going on in the game of golf. And who knows what you, me, or anybody else listening would do if they were presented with twenty, fifty, a hundred million dollar offer, no matter where that offer is coming from. I'd like to think that my principles are strong enough to not accept it, but who knows if you're if you're in that position. I will tell you this, and I just don't think that this is even arguable. This is not good for the game of golf. If all of a sudden the NFL had a real genuine competitor that wanted to pay ten times more than NFL players were being paid and play their games at the same time, I don't know how the fans would win if Tom Brady's playing in one league and Aaron Rodgers is playing in another. You could do that with any league in all of sports. And that's basically what we have now in golf. And if we have this fractured sport where Rory McIlroy plays on one tour, let's just hypothetically say Victor Hovland or Cameron Smith or Abraham Answer plays on another tour, I think that's just going to be confusing to the golf fans. What it will do also is 
it'll even magnify the majors even more because those will be our only chances, like yesterday, to see all of the best players in the same place. Uh, you know, and sometimes I think about other sports, and you just did the analogy of football, and we brought that up two or three weeks ago about what if. You know, and you got boxing where a guy comes into the ring, and maybe they've changed, but I remember the good old days when they'd say the WBC, the WBF, and the IBF or whatever, and he, the guy would have three belts. And I'm like, what? what is all that? I mean, but at least they were all fighting in the same ring on the same night on the same card. This was completely different. Uh, it's just unusual. And Mike, I'd love to get your thoughts because you said, I'm not going to judge. It's not my place. Mike was throwing out a number. And Mike, if you can pull it back up from memory of what the yeah. total earnings of Phil Mickelson has earned on the course, not his endorsements. Yeah, that was something in the $94 million range. And, you know, so he's, he's made $94 million. They give him twice that to play an eight. Yeah. Not yeah. even win, yeah. just play. It's stupid money. It's stupid money. It really is. I mean, it's I, <laughs> for a guy that is not – I mean, he, what he did at the PGA Championship last summer or last May was remarkable, the oldest major champion of all time. And it also was completely out of nowhere. There was no form that he was showing going into it, and there's no form he has shown since. Um, the guy's best days are long past him, and it was obvious watching him on Thursday and Friday, he can't be competitive at the highest level of golf. He was he only beat a few players in, in the entire field. So um, for him to accept that money, knowing he's only probably going to make two or three percent of that money moving forward uh, if he competes on the PGA Tour or PGA Tour champions, uh, you can understand why it's enticing to a guy that has um, reportedly had all kinds of financial problems, that if he needs to satisfy debts, he's going to take hundreds of millions of dollars, no matter where it's coming from, in order to do so. Uh, as for the people that aren't that are whole and aren't having uh, all sorts of financial issues, even still, if you offer somebody 10 times what they're probably going to make on the PGA Tour, again, I would like to believe that my principles are strong enough not to accept that, but I'm not here to judge somebody that's going to accept it. I have friends that are probably going to make an announcement this week that they're going to play in the Live Series, and again, um, it, it makes me want to bite my tongue because... I, I don't think that that league in its current configuration is what competitive golf is all about. Competitive golf is all about a four-day event and trying to make any money through Thursday and Friday, trying to keep your tour card, trying to improve your status. That, that's, there, you take all of the competition out of it when you give somebody this guaranteed amount of money on top of making 10, uh, 10 times larger purses than what they're getting on the PGA Tour. I I think that's also part of the reason why those guys didn't perform very well in the U.S. Open is what does it matter anymore? These guys are secure forever financially. It's not like missing the cut and that the U.S. Open really matters to these guys. Yeah. And I was talking to one of the most respected players on the PGA Tour, and that's what he was saying. He was like, I don't think these guys are ever going to get their juices to flow ever again now that they've accepted all of this. That is a great point. Where is the competitive nature when it doesn't matter in the pocketbook after having all the money already booked. Uh, I'm J.D. Byers alongside Mike Grace. Inside the press box, our guest is Taylor Zars, so we're talking golf. With those announcements that you're kind of teasing us with, coming up with some other names who may be jumping to LIV, would that be after the 150th Open goes back to the old course, St. Andrews, um, the, the big ones coming up here over across the ocean? J.D., I think we're going to hear something in the next 48 hours. 
Uh, it Ooh. could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be Wednesday. I think we're going to have a, a few players that are big-time names that are going to compete uh, or announce their intentions to compete, whether it's in Portland or in events moving forward this year in the Live Golf Series. I, I think that by the time we get to the Open Championship, we're going to have a clear idea of who's a Live Golf player and who's a PGA Tour player, and which will make that event almost fascinating, if not more than the one we just finished here in Boston. Um, it, it, the other th- the other reason why it'll be so fascinating is it could be the last time we get every great male player in the same place for a long time. I don't know what the majors mm. are going to do moving forward, but I think that the the feeling I got here from the USGA this week is they are going to make it increasingly difficult for a live golf player to qualify for the U.S. Open without banning them chances are they're going to change the qualification process so it's harder for them to get into this event meaning instead of allowing the top 60 into the world into this event i'm just throwing this out there don't be surprised if it's the top 25 or top 30 that automatically make it in and meaning it'll be harder for these players to get official world golf ranking points in order to compete in the u.s open i wouldn't be surprised if the rna does the same thing i wouldn't be surprised if augusta national makes a tweak or two to make it harder for them to get in either. And the PGA of America has already come out and said, you can't play in the Ryder Cup if you do this. So um, they're, it's, it, <laughs> the next couple of months are just going to be absolutely crazy in golf. I never thought that I'd be covering a sport that I've loved my entire life where you have live free agency going on on a daily basis but here we are yeah here we are and i, I, I want to get back to the pga tour but one more question on this as you kind of mentioned it taylor uh the word is now that greg norman and the, the live tour are going to ask the official golf world ranking uh system to to recognize live points do you have a, a gut feeling as to whether that will happen or not it all comes down to the dp world tour which used to be known as the european tour if those guys hitch their wagon and bless the Live Golf Tour and allow those players to play in DP World Tour events, then whether they get official World Golf ranking points out of these three-day events or not, it's not going to matter because what's going to happen is that the best players on that circuit are going to play five to ten DP World Tour events a year to make sure that they're still gaining official World Golf ranking points. So my my gut tells me because of the PGA Tours connection to the official World Golf Ranking system Jay Monahan the commissioner of the tour is on the board for the official World Golf Rankings that the they're not going to get points from the 3-day events but I do I wouldn't be surprised because the European Tour needs money desperately if they don't bless the Live Golf Tour for lack of a better word and allow their their players to also play in, in DP World Tour events too, and if that happens, the PGA Tour is going to feel like they accepted a loss. Last couple of minutes with our friend Taylor Zarzer of Sirius XM's PGA Tour Radio. I know you're just coming down off the third major of the season. How excited are you for the fourth and final major of the season when we go to the old course at St. Andrews? I know that's got to be a trip you're looking extremely forward to. Well, if we weren't in this current environment, um, I, already, I would have answered this question in a very similar way. Uh, but since we are, uh, the, the fact that these last three or four days have been an escape from all of what we're, we just discussed, which yeah, we need yeah. to discuss, and which I'll continue to discuss, 
um, that will only be multiplied at the Open because we'll finally get an escape from this. And that's the only time moving forward we're going to get an escape from it. You combine that with it's the 150th Open Championship, the oldest major in all of golf. It's the home of golf. To me, it's, you know, Augusta National is amazing. Fenway Park's my favorite place to go to any sporting event in this world. The, the, it is, the old course has even more of a spiritual feeling than any other great facility for sports. And you're literally aiming at churches as you're coming into the, <laughs> the last few holes. It's just, uh, it really is. I mean, you can really feel the birth of golf there as you're on the ground. It's going to be a spectacle. They're going to set attendance records for the Open. They're expecting 50,000 more fans than they've ever had for an Open championship. Uh, and I absolutely cannot wait. I think that the RNA does a terrific job of simply allowing the the earth and the elements determine par instead of trying to trick up the golf course. Um, and by the way, the USGA did a phenomenal job with with the U.S. Open this year. There were many years where I didn't think that was the case, and they did try to trick up the course. They did not do that now. But the RNA has always just allowed the elements to decide what happens in the event. And the old course is just as pure of golf as golf gets. So I cannot wait to be there. Look, we uh, we so admire what you do both on and off the radio and know your time is valuable. Thanks so much for sharing some of it with us, Taylor Zarger. Best wishes, and we'll hear you on Sirius XM's tour, PGA Tour Radio, man. Thanks for the time. Mike, J.D., always good to talk to you, my friends. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page, online at PressBoxRadio.com, or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the PressBox.